Air, water, earth, fire. For hundreds of years, the four nations have lived in harmony. The Avatar, master of all four elements, has always been responsible for maintaining the peace. But Avatar Roku passed away 13 years ago, and now the four nations look to the air nomads to reveal the next Avatar. But the world is met in silence. Five young heroes stopped a secret Fire Nation invasion on their way to deliver the news of the Air Nomad genocide to Ba Sing Se. Now the world knows of the loss of the Air Nomads and both the Water Tribes and the Earth Kingdom prepare for all-out war. But as harmony is dissolved, our young heroes need to address the agitated spirits and bring peace back to the world. Hello, everyone. Uh, I am Nicholas Kaplan, and this is the Flying Bison Podcast. This is not a mistake. Uh, there were um, we lost Justin; he's just gone. Um, <laughs> we don't know where he is. Yeah, we. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm hosting today. No, for real. Uh, Justin was had uh, had some other things that he had to take care of. wasn't able to make it today, so uh, we're not we're not playing. Uh, Avatar Legends today, but we are going to be talking about uh, your your favorite cast of characters. Uh, we're going to do a quick little Q and A session here. Uh, we have a lot of leftover questions um, from the last time we did this, which was a little while ago. <coughs> and also, um, I have some questions for my fellow cast members. Uh, just a quick heads up: Danny is also not here. Um, actually don't know what happened to him so we'll uh, we'll, we'll get back together <laughs> yeah. let us know if you know anything about danny yeah no if you could uh we'll put out the lost lost danny yeah, signs uh, picture up on milk from last and, time the lost danny signs that we still was, have printed i was just gonna staple it onto some some lampposts or something i don't know um yeah so i'm just gonna get uh kind of right into it um this whole episode kind of just be formatted like banter so i don't think we really need to start something with that um so just to warm us up light one um would you rather fight one rue-sized lico or 10 lico-sized rues <laughs> this is not a question about your character this is a question for you so this is a listener question right oh uh, so yeah uh, it was it's a it's i did a riff on a listener question um said this is just a fun one <laughs> And can Monroe answer this question? <laughs> the question was um, one rue-sized Lico or yep. or ten Lico-sized rue? Yeah. Which one would you rather fight? Oh. I mean, like, rue's pretty cute, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, can't, you know, she's, she's not really, like, she can fight, right? But she's, she's, more, she's yeah. not really naturally a fighter she's not out looking for a fight but if you had to fight her mm. 10 small versions of her i think you know, <laughs> i don't know wait just you by yourself right i I'd, I'd yeah, probably yeah, it's just you. i think it's a two smaller yeah. ones if, you know really uh, i'd be yeah. so overwhelmed I'd, I'd take the one big one and hope for the best that I can just escape. By, you know, if I have, if there's 10, I feel like I have no shot at escape. I don't know. So you take one Rue-sized Lico? Yeah. Fool. You're a fool. <laughs> I would take You're the doomed. 10. Here's, here's the thing, right? <laughs> I think that Monroe has very sound logic in that 
Rue is not a natural fighter. She's protective, but is not a natural fighter. And one Rue-sized Liko, on top of already being a fighter, can also bloodbend. Without the moon being present. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather yeah. run from a single giant. I just depending on I the would environment, rather fight I have a, a rune-sized rune than a leco-sized leco. Also, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not really a fair comparison to uh, if you count in the bending. Hadn't really considered that, but I'm glad that you brought it up. Oh, I definitely want plushies now. I, I want both of these iterations of plushies. <laughs> just really small rune and really big, <laughs> big leco-sized <laughs> Uh, let's get a let's get a life size plush. Oh let's get that in the store. Uh, yeah, I would also take uh, the ten le- uh, Lico sized Drews, Just to be clear, uh, and I yeah, one ever, out. <laughs> ever try to pick a fight with Lico. Uh, no, it doesn't matter what size she is. She could she could be a you know get a gemi sized. Uh, um, yeah, your little little squirrel sized dude, and I'd be like, nope. Um. <laughs> so that's just another question we're just rolling uh if your pc was living in our universe in 2023 what would their after school or like summer job be <laughs> this one's a bit more pensive mm-hmm. water park oh 100 <laughs> percent <laughs> yeah Oh, that's a just great a, answer. I could see Lego being that lifeguards. lifeguard at the top of the uh, at the top of the slide that's just done with every kid that comes up there. <laughs> like you know, some lifeguards up there will like launch you down to like make it more like fun. Lego's only doing it to the kids that annoy her, and she's just like <laughs> just absolutely railing them down the slide. <laughs> I could just see how deadpan Lika would be in that job, just like at the top of the slide, just like please wait. Now you may go. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful. Uh, have fun. <laughs> Some kid annoys her, just like, what? No. Back down the stairs. <laughs> Back to the down the long way. Uh, summer job. Oh. Probably like um, volunteering for like a teen theater would be a fun thing for Ren. So, like that's a great way to pass away your summer. <laughs> well, the thing is, I mean, if it, if it's not volunteer, there are low pay gigs, you know, like doing choreography and stuff like that. It's often yeah. something you can do. Well, for that's high just said like after school, so oh, like you yeah. know, like a yeah. school program or something. Yeah. Um, if we all had normal right. lives, we would be in school. I guess I, I never think about that. It's like <laughs> yeah. So all right. <laughs> yeah. We no. are all literally children. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. It's, <laughs> I think. uh I think Osa this is another another place where Osa bears some similarity to me in, in real life. He's not the kid that gets a summer job or has after school activities. Uh, like what I used to do during the summer and after school is I just ride my bike to the library and sit down and read books and comic books all day, every day. And then I'd go home and sleep. And that was it. That was all I did all summer. Uh, and I think Osa's the same way, just There's- indulging his own vices. And not doing anything productive. Beautiful no, that's, simplicity. That's productive. That. You're producing happiness for yourself. Fair enough. The the oh, I mean, hey, I was right there with you, but I rode to the the the, the uh, library so that my parents would annoy me when I spent all day playing RuneScape because you could still play RuneScape on the computer. <laughs> <laughs> 
Throwback. Uh, yeah. So very similar situation. <laughs> like situation. <laughs> just doing different things. Rare situation here because this is two days in a row that someone has organically brought up RuneScape. <laughs> that does not happen to me often. But anyway. I, it happens to me all the time. Um, <laughs> Put RuneScape for, on your smartphone now. Oh, no. I know. To download yeah. it from the App Store. I actually got banned from RuneScape for uh, <laughs> for using on my smartphone. Yeah, this is where. For for Che, uh, for I feel like Che would just like he'd be like the the kid posting about being on his grind or whatever, and like constantly in high school and then he would hit like college age and he would still be like oh, i'm on that gr-. he would try to keep it going and then it would all just crumble and uh <laughs> he would like get fired almost drop out of school like just like that whole like mentality of like working himself just like falls apart mm. um he'd be one of those cases but yeah he yeah. would have like he would try to get like the most prestigious jobs he could or like he would even become like a manager at like 17 or whatever um just like <laughs> working hard but like for no reason and not realizing that he was doing it for no reason yeah until it was way too late is che che one of those kids who like gets like earns a thousand bucks crypto trading and thinks he's the wolf of wall street all of a sudden a hundred percent yeah <laughs> yeah he downloaded he downloaded robin hood and invested in dogecoin early and he's like yeah and then he lost like <laughs> a lot of money when uh elon musk tanked the whole thing <clears throat> yeah that didn't happen to me, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think that was a fun one. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of just fun to think of them in such a. It is such a vastly different situation to even try to put them into like our universe. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they're just they're just such different <laughs> situations to me. And yeah. Once you've taken uh, on this world size like type of problems, I feel like yeah. it gets pretty funny to be like, uh, you got to go to math class. Sorry. <laughs> and after that, you got to. <laughs> you know. you got to study for your calc test, man. What are you talking about? Yeah. Stress. You're talking about saving the world. What do you... I can just imagine like some of our characters sweating bullets, just being like, this is way harder than that time we defeated the Fire Nation <laughs> in Project Spark. <laughs> How am I supposed I, to learn trig? <laughs> triangles are evil. Uh. <clears throat> um, what is Fauton's true motive behind all these fountains? Oh, I want okay. theories. Yeah, we need we need theories, and then we can bring in Justin. Yeah. yeah, no, he's actually just he's <laughs> he's actually just Iron's plant in the Earth Kingdom. <laughs> he's just putting fountains everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Wherever she needs a fountain, make one. Okay. All right. <laughs> what a job. <laughs> this dude is exhausted trying to keep up with us because he doesn't have Rue. <laughs> Sprinting through all terrain <laughs> with fountain materials. <laughs> um. It's a great theory. No, he's just, uh, he just really likes fountains. He's just an uh, avid just a weirdo he's like that guy you know when those uh, that was a couple years ago now kind of overshadowed by the pandemic i think but you remember when those obelisks just started showing up everywhere yeah i'm surprised that wasn't an ad campaign for something but regardless it's just like some guy doing something you know he's just being a little weird he's putting mm-hmm. fountains everywhere just an eccentric guy yeah that's <laughs> i realize that's probably a pretty bland 
uh, fled explanation for what he's doing. But hit me with the phrasing of the question again, Nick. What is Fauton's true motive true behind all motive. of his films? Yeah, no, I think I'm on I'm on a similar page to what you just said, Nick. Like I have my head cannon for Fauton. I don't know <laughs> how accurate this is, or if I'm like on a totally other plane. But I oh, just yeah. have been imagining Fauton being this like ancient figure like he's not still alive he's not still building fountains like these fountains are old and these are like the places where like he basically was like part of some infrastructure team where he was like these are where we're going to put cities i'm going to put a fountain so that like things can kind of spring up around it organically and then we can build the infrastructure as the people start arriving because this is where the water is and then just some of those places didn't pan out, so there's just fountains, random places, some places, and, and uh... that's pretty good. That's pretty good headcanon. Uh, yeah, and that's all this is. Ju- Ju- uh, Justin's not here. He's not. <laughs> he's the one who would decide this. Yeah, uh, that's why it's a fun question because we're just yeah, whatever, man. My head goes in the direction of something a little more like conspiracy theory level. Like there's a secret <laughs> map somewhere buried. And if we found it, it would have all of the locations of Fauton's fountains. And they're all connected by one vast water system. (laughs) Okay. And who knows (laughs) what the purpose was, but maybe if you like zoom out and you were to look at this whole map, you would see like a message or the face of Iron or some other really (laughs) weird (laughs) pattern. He's trying to warn us. (laughs) But uh, that's all I got. It's a a giant alchemy symbol. Let's reference it. (laughs) but yeah no it's actually just they're all connected to the fountain of youth and it's just they're so far away that it's just you know it doesn't matter <laughs> some of the fountains are hidden and if you if you drink some water from all the fountains in the right order you become immortal <laughs> there you go that's that's our that's our end game here on the, on the real world side of things, he could just be someone who's really appropriately preparing for the global water crisis, um, yeah. you know, by finding some more difficult aquifers to tap into for certain areas so that they don't have to like redirect rivers as aggressively and things like that. Thank you, Photon. What a guy, you know, he's out there helping us all out. Um, okay. So another fun one, not necessarily as theory crafty. Um, this is kind of a first se- season. Like, so what's your characters? If you, if you can think of one, what would be like a theme song or like the main song on your character's playlist for like the first season? I, uh, Johnny, you have two answers. So if you, if you want you don't have to cut, if, if it's on the spot, if you're, you guys got to cook yeah. on it, we can go, we can go on some other ones, but, uh, yeah, any, anything thing you guys i don't think i have like a specific song that comes to mind for like either of the characters i played in season one um i could give you like kind of like a genre heading if if that makes it like i think osa would be something super like like black metal like dark broody like uh kind of melancholic but with that kind of like epic riffs going on the hammer um, yeah yeah and uh i think for shoban it would be something more like pop punk like uh you know 
brainwashing aside uh kind of like <laughs> i do what i want like i i my own system sort of anthony thing very funny johnny um, gave me a great answer for this because at some point he messaged me it's not necessarily season one specific it's more like ren's arc so far overall but growing up by cinders johnny was like i just can't listen to this song without thinking of ren and i checked the lyrics and i was blown away so that could be a fun uh dive if anyone wants to check out growing up by cinders sure uh, I know for Che, I was I was definitely at least for season one, I was definitely thinking Cats in the Cradle uh, by Harry <laughs> Chapman, uh, which I just really like that song. Uh, but also just I, I just think it works. It's very much about him and his dad and very, uh, very similar vibe. Mm-hmm. It's just that it's kind of the song that Che wishes his dad was singing about him. If that's even the, as sad as that sounds. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. You got any, uh, you got anything cooked up or? Mm, I mean, I think like if she... I'm like looking at some songs right now, but I think to go along with what, uh, Johnny was talking about, she'd be very, probably my chemical romance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. There'd be like yeah. some intense rage there, but then there would also be like some depth and, um, softness too. So, yeah. Vibrate. That's great. Have we ever mentioned though, like, "Savage" by Blackpink in regards to the dark stint for Leek? Oh, pretty savage. Just because. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't I think we said that off air. <laughs> okay, that was off air. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. That one's good. That one's a good one. I just can't see her just like just just walking and like. Yeah charging someone you know not charging but like walking yeah towards her prey or her opponent yeah. for that one yes so, yeah it's but, true it's not yeah. like her essence but there, there was a yeah. moment when Liko first went dark in season one and monroe had already put that song on my radar and i was listening to it on loop for weeks while doing dishes <laughs> and then when when Liko like i forget what the first like real obvious dark turn was but i was like <gasps> and i just like heard in my head like you better run 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 and i was like this is crazy um yeah that was super fun <laughs> so when you said when you said uh mcr like the first thing like i could i could see like ghost of you or something like that being Mm. Like a good, uh, oh, good answer. Good. And I can see, I could totally see her just like going, like charging towards him, like with "Welcome Home." Yeah. Yeah. Home. Fighting to that. Uh, uh, to that, and then when she's fighting, I feel like Mama is very applicable. Yeah. Too. <laughs> just, and when she's fighting mm. with the with the team with the guys, I can see her fighting to like well to um welcome to the Black Braid. You know, like she's yeah. kind of. About, like unity and stuff like that, and just, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you are the parade. <laughs> I like that. Mama makes sense for your relationship with Connie specifically. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. So. But um. That's all. Yeah. No, I think I think it's pretty good. But I think we've all lost them. Yeah, sorry. Someone, right? All of our characters have lost someone, oh, yeah. so like we can yeah. all just carry on what they've passed on with us. You know, we're all fighting for something. Mm-hmm. And now, season one, we're all there for a reason, and we're all kind of like dealing with like these demons, so to speak. Probably legal the most, <laughs> but yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's I I think like categorically, like Che hasn't lost anyone. Like he did lose Osa, but Osa's back now. Uh I think the only person he's lost is himself. Like he because he lost his memories of Rosic and that fundamentally changed to um like to me it was a very much a question of like this is the Che that confronted his mother alone at the end of season one. Like that's the difference between yeah. so that, who he I was mean, before and who he was afterwards. So does, does, uh, does Che feel any sense of loss at all related to the lost memories of Rosak or is that just total blank slate? I think he doesn't necessarily mourn the loss of the memory. I think he, he recognizes that he's a different person now and, and, wants to be that kind of person again but i don't think he had an idea of how good his relationship with rosic was and i think he's starting to get there but uh he didn't know so like he can't you can't miss what you don't know you're missing out on you know yeah and that's kind of that situation okay um because he never wanted to like his brother um I, i don't know how clear that i made that but like it was always like from afar even though he wasn't even here like his father just cared about him more and like was always talking about him. <clears throat> well, did did so. Jay ever like mourn the loss of like one of his parents? Cause like he only had one of them in his life. Right. So I was just saying like, as someone who has that situation in her real life, I wouldn't say I was mourning, but I would say that like, I, I know now part of me is not missing, but as a child, I definitely felt that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he buries those feelings. Okay. <laughs> he, <Sorry. laughs> I think he he essentially has the same the same situation with both his parents, and he his way of dealing with it is like, I didn't need either of you. I I was fine the whole time. Um, but I th- I think we'll get to that we'll get to that later in the season. Um, yeah. So uh, next next question. Very, very interesting question from the theme song. Um, oh, this is okay. So this is a, a much lighter one, uh, but still kind of fun to think about. If you had to rank the arrows you want to play next for like if for like the next story that we do, if we leave these characters behind, this arrow behind, where do you guys want to go? I want to go earlier. I yeah, me too. <laughs> I want to yeah. go like really early uh, if I can. Yeah. You're not wanna... feeling Republic City? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to deal with all those more modern politics vibes. I mean, I'd be fine with any era, honestly, but I'm more interested in going a couple eras back and doing like Kiyoshi versus a couple eras forward. Mm-hmm. And Koshi, Kiyoshi. Honestly, I think it would also be really cool. I don't know if that era is it's actually like an era that is like part of the writings because anyways but like going back to like you get the first like benders moving off of the lion turtles mm-hmm. i feel like that would be a very cool era to explore i don't know if there's enough yeah it's not like built in but we just yeah, have like a like kind of the framework for, yeah <laughs> for a world i i personally for whatever reason am, am attracted to more ancient um like contexts and i think it would be fascinating to world build within whatever they give us 
Because um, for Kyoshi, um, I, I, I haven't read the Kyoshi novels or anything like that. So I think I just love the chance to learn um, and then about all the stuff. Play. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, either way, further, further That's back or just a bit back. Yeah. What about you, Ro? I said I'd, I'd, um, I'd like to go earlier. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's unanimous. Yeah. Well, it's all decided, right. Justin. Yeah. Sorry, Justin. Whatever Danny says, she's outvoted, so. (laughs) (laughs) Democracy. Well, if Danny said something far into the future, it would just be offset by me being like, no, the first humans living on Earth. That's where I want to be. (laughs) (laughs) Let's take the average of these two. And (laughs) Um, Which, okay, uh, another fun one. Uh, Which characters would survive longest in the zombie apocalypse? Uh, let's, Let's order them in, like, who dies last? So who dies first is, is where we're starting. Rosic. <laughs> Rosic. Yep. I was going to go with a hilarious answer, but I think maybe it's so, possible that Rosic lives the longest, depending on the book of plans. <laughs> well, is this is this a zombie apocalypse set in the Avatar universe? So everybody still has their bending if they're uh, okay. a bender. Everybody okay. still has their bending. I yeah. will okay. say that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I'd still say Rosic. <laughs> He has a tendency to have, he has a hard time separating emotions from his his abilities. So until he can learn how to control that, I think he's probably the easiest to not to wipe out. It's a vulnerability of his. It's legit. It's legit. Yeah, it's a good observation. I think I think that you're probably right. I think Rosic would die first. I think that everybody else would live a long time. Would like survive a while not that yeah. Rosak wouldn't necessarily survive a while uh, especially if go. the party stayed together <laughs> but he'd be the first to go but yeah. like i think that everybody else's deaths would ultimately end up being the result of them getting too comfortable with whatever situation they find for themselves hmm. right like i think so for me i think I don't I don't super think it matters what order the middle people die in. I think Ren ends up being the last one standing in my mind. Oh, oh you're because, breaking my heart. Because I don't think that Ren has been because Ren doesn't have bending to fall back on, I think it's easier for him to not let himself get comfortable mm-hmm. with the ways that he survives. Like I see like I think that like Osa would probably isolate and so he'd go someplace that's hard for zombies to get just get comfortable not seeing any until one sneaks up on him i like would mm. see che and Liko both coming up with really ingenious ways <laughs> of circumventing and or controlling the zombies but again i think that both of them would get comfortable being able to do whatever it is that they're doing and eventually something's going to break through that defense because they've gotten so comfortable doing that thing that they don't change it up in time Mm. Can I just say how horrifying would it be to be like, okay, where should we go? And we end up in the foggy swamp for whatever set of reasons. And we deal with foggy swamp zombies from the, you know, vine benders. I would just be so horrified. That would be a cool game, though. It would. Yeah. Avatar Legend zombie version? Like, that would be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're gonna put that one mm-hmm. in the works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Back burner. 
But um, yeah, I, I kind of agree. I feel like Ren has some of that like scarcity mindset, survivalist type of stuff going, but it would also be so poetically painful for yeah. Ren to be like alone. <laughs> it's very, uh, I don't know if you guys, uh, there's, I believe it's called Last Ronin. It's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic, which I stay oh, with me. Raphael's out on his own. <laughs> stay with me. <laughs> no, Michelangelo is the only survivor. Oh, yes, 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 yes. All, all of his brothers that. have died. Yeah. Splinter's mm. dead. It's just Michelangelo. And it's just this, like, him being the last one and still fighting, like, the foot and, like, their old enemies. And, like, wow. he's using all of their weapons. And it's just, like, horrifically sad. <laughs> just very... Because, like, the most bubbly character is the one they chose to, like, be alone and to be the one that survived. <clears throat> Wow, that's rough. Yeah, which I mean makes sense. Like canonically, we don't need to get too in the weeds on Teenage Mutant <laughs> yeah, Ninja Turtles. Yeah. But like, I mean, canonically, like Splinter says a bunch how Mikey's the best fighter. He's just the yeah. least focused. Yeah, he gives. He purposefully gives. If you didn't know, he gives uh, Michelangelo the nunchucks because they're the hardest tool, and he was too good at the other ones. And they came to him too naturally. Yeah, wow. that's why he gave Mikey the nunchucks. That's so. wild. That's wild. <clears throat> food for thought for TMNT <laughs> I know that's why you guys come to, to Avatar to our, our Avatar podcast but yeah I love uh, the Turtles me too uh, if you guys had to force a mandatory character swap whose character would you swap for and why or, like, or like actually who's to play each other's characters yeah two okay. players switch yeah. their characters if you have like one you want to switch with or two people you'd want to see switch who are they and why uh, from a wish fulfillment perspective, I would like to be either Liko or Che so that I can improve their romantic relationship. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it's got to be weird. <laughs> Wait, so okay. weird. <laughs> that, that actually, that brings up a, a specific question. Are we talking like in-universe Freaky Friday situation? Like it's a body swap, like Osa's mind is inside that of somebody else's not. body. Oh. No. Or is it just, or, or is it like, just we're saying like i want to see nick play rosak and danny play jay um, you know what I, I wasn't thinking that we'll do both we'll do okay. freaky friday answer and your your that's, player swap it's yeah, too fun not to answer yeah yeah it's too yeah. fun also may have just come up with our next halloween special i don't know <laughs> you're welcome justin yeah doing so much work for this guy jeez oh. i would like to see that though i'd yeah. like to see uh you play you nick play rosa and have danny play jay Ooh. i think Ooh. the player swap idea that's actually my my vote yeah. too yeah. yeah a launcher switch yeah. i think though freaky friday version i would want to see uh ren and lico Switch bodies. Switch, switch bodies. Just wake up and oops. Yeah. Like I'd be like I think it'd actually be like a fascinating character study to see what um what each of them does with like Ren waking up, finding that he can bend and do some of the things that that Liko is uniquely capable of with bending. But yes. then also like finding Liko waking up and finding that she has not only the like honed deadly accurate skills that Ren has built over years, but also the lack of baggage that comes with being who you are 
and now she finds herself in the body of the person that is kind of everyone's like de facto i trust this person in the party oh that could be fun for relational dynamics especially yeah. if it wasn't told to the whole group exactly. there was a switch right <laughs> pulling the freaky yeah. friday thread like you got to live their life but i'm a assuming bit. that like Liko and ren would probably meet up and be like like you right like yeah, why yeah. Are and then, you? like they'd have to keep it a secret or whichever way to decide to navigate the rest of the, the episode yeah. see now we have to do that at some point for that scene alone like that <laughs> I, I can't wait to see i know oh that there's exchange. so much empathy material for that like imagine like ren waking up in liko's body like would he experience phantom pains with the arm like is there some aspect of that that would register with him that didn't yeah you know uh, oh, then I think Liko I'd have some having an for arm. You, Liko. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But not being able yeah, to bend, yeah. but just to be able to have an arm. Yeah, and I would, I would even do it that, like, at first, like the abilities don't really come to you because they are so like innately different in how you like use them. But then, like, you have like a whole arc where it's like the similarities in, in the way that we connect with our like respective fighting styles. Yeah, but I can imagine how. Awful I think it'd be like interesting. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I think like Ren most not that not that it isn't physical for Liko as well, but like Ren's fighting styles are innately about physical training mm-hmm. in a way that like produces muscle memory, and so it'd be like interesting to see Liko like mm-hmm. something comes towards Ren's body and Liko reacts in a way she didn't ever she would not have thought of in her own body but Ren's body just like does the thing mm-hmm. we'd more and, like, like that like journey of discovery I think on the fun side I think it'd be really funny to like have Liko and Ren meet up and like oh, right before like Che and, Le- che and Liko have to go on a date and Liko's just telling Ren like Liko and Ren's body is telling Ren and Liko's body, like, you are not doing this. You are not doing that. <laughs> There's a list of things you're not going to do. <laughs> no, it's time. I'm going to make a move. Do you think Che would even oh, would, would notice? Yeah. Che would notice. Not right away. I it think would, it would it take would, a bit. It would take a bit. And also, <clears throat> Che would notice. Because at some point, it's you're going on a date with your best friend, and you're like, that's kind of weird. That's kind of yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is a little different. <laughs> I think I think though, Che, if if Ren goes in the direction I'm imagining, which is a little more generous, taking initiative, communicative in the date, I think you might be a little happy about that, and it might cloud your judgment. <laughs> he says that so confident. He had like a smile. You guys, you don't you can't see that, but when he said that, I think and he had like this smile. You might like. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like this date is going so well and just like you know I, yeah i think you might be over the moon yeah. Yeah, i think i think you overestimate how i think everyone overestimates how or underestimates how how positively che views uh his relationship with Lego. Uh, okay okay i think i think you get, he's he's like yeah everything's locked in everything's great that's that's his mind uh, that's his that's where his head's at <laughs> i just gotta get the ring you know yeah if no, that's the like, thing in avatar i don't know what they do <laughs> whatever bonding ceremony. yeah yeah. yeah that's where his head's at that's fair. That's fair. Um, 
other Freaky Friday situations that we wanted to cover? Or do we feel like we're good? Uh, <laughs> I, I have to throw out Che and Rosic because that would yeah. just be hilarious. That's just... Yeah. I mean, also literally finally being able to actually firebend and actually earthbend. Like the styles that they were trained in yeah but with the elements yeah. that they were actually intended for um yeah yeah i think there's just a lot to, to like go with there currently i think both on the freaky friday and the player swap kind of levels seeing me and johnny swap or ren and osa swap would be very interesting because we've had to play different sides of a certain tension in our dynamic yeah. recently so yeah. all of a sudden it's like oh i've got to be the one who's like my destiny you know it's like <laughs> it's like a player here it's, yeah I have, I have i have only so much i can do about it and yeah yeah oh, that'd be interesting and i wonder what that would do if we did the freaky friday version and ren had to all of a sudden deal with some of those burdens i think like would it shift his empathy yeah you know? i think ren yeah freaky fighting with someone anybody would be interesting just because ren's the only one who doesn't who can't bend yeah, it's true. And the rest of us are like it's so true. comfortable um, with our bending techniques. So it'd be interesting to see how that kind of works out. Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, funniest swap, Rosic and Liko. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily narratively impactful, just hilarious. Just yeah. easily Sorry. the funniest. Can you awesome imagine Liko freaking out, having these, these tantrums that... <laughs> Rosic has. <laughs> you're just lighting things yeah. on fire as you're freaking out because you're Rosic all of a sudden. <laughs> just everything's wet and no one knows what's going on. Like, Not on Sunday. <laughs> no. 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 Everything's no. just wet. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, uh, I wonder how much of your brain you'd have, though. I know it's getting a little bit into the like weeds on like how the swap stuff works, but like if you have like sudden Rosic ideas and you're like compelled to write them down, but you're like, this is the worst idea ever. No, <laughs> like, I think it would be Rosic as Liko writing down plans, right? Yeah, ro- writing mm-hmm. down plans, but now they all of a sudden just always include blood. blood <laughs> 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 but in the dumbest ways like least like it, like intimidating way as possible <laughs> yeah yes you know what like i wonder if like I, this is kind of taking the idea like another step further but like just imagining if everyone woke up in someone else in the party's body so mm-hmm. no it wasn't just two people swapping it was all of us woke up in someone else's body but then like all of us are convinced that, like there's something wrong with me i'm hallucinating this isn't real like i know i'm seeing <laughs> myself right there play it off not but like so everyone's just trying to act like <clears throat> they're like it's not happening <laughs> everything's fine it's gonna be rosa that's gonna break that though yeah, yeah he would crack it five uh, minutes. <laughs> i'm Lico. <laughs> help oh, yeah that that is a fun one. <laughs> Super fun uh, question. Thanks for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um that, that was that was from from some I think that was uh, I don't know who that was from. I think that was from Mike, but <clears throat> uh, if you're listening to this and that was your question, thank you for it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can take loud credit in Discord. We're so sorry for <laughs> Oh yes. Just announce it. Yeah. That was your right. question. That's right. So you're welcome to everyone. Uh, what is your favorite move? I think of this has been asked 
Uh, but I really, I just, I love this question. So yeah, yeah. Ooh. So favorite move that you have, or favorite move in general? And, yeah, either general. And just give a give a reason why. You know. Uh, sorry. The second question, the second half of the original question, uh, was and why is it suspicious mine? Um, <laughs> But I, I thought I'd opened it up for everyone. That is hilarious. Thank you. Yeah. 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 So I'm... my answer is Suspicious Mind. Well, no, it's not. It's it's actually been overtaken at this point. Um, for one that I haven't used on air yet, it is uh, an adamant move, which I will remember the name of momentarily. <laughs> Justin, you know this, what it is. This was a victory. This was a victory. Yes, is my, is my favorite. <laughs> Justin, you just know. I love it. I do. He saw me <laughs> abuse, the, abuse the living. Welcome, Justin. Hi, guys. I yeah I usually come in here right about now to record my weekly affirmations. What uh, what are the four of you doing here? Um, yeah, we just <laughs> same, didn't know what thing. to do without your guidance. So okay. uh, we just started asking questions to each other, and we're pretty good. There's also good. been some affirmations. Good. So. Uh, we did a fun uh, Freaky Friday question with our characters. Oh, fun! And also our <laughs> players. So, like switching players for the characters, and also switching mm -hmm. the characters themselves in the universe. Which became um, a wonderful premise for a potential Halloween episode. Yes, so I, that's why I brought it up. Uh, that's I uh, always have Freaky Friday in the back of my head as a potential plot point. It's just always simmering at the surface. <laughs> it's, it's your Rosic Launcher like notebook, like first page. Yeah. Only thing on Every, the page. Freaky Friday. I'll, I'll come into I'll come into a recording session and be like, I don't know what to do today. Freaky Friday? <laughs> yeah. Could, could this be our Freaky Friday? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, but yeah, man. then I asked what your favorite move was. Um I said, you know, this was victory. It's just great. You get to rewrite the narrative retroactively a little bit in a small way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think I have a favorite move to be completely honest. That's, no, that's totally good. fair. Yeah. I'm leaning life's true delights, especially thinking of like my character's moves. Mm -hmm. um, and part of it is just the like creative range. Like it's a really weird move and I like it. Um, like if it goes really well, it's just like a cozy activity that results in an epiphany. But if it goes badly, it's like kind of out there. It's like somehow you have to connect the attempted cozy activity to like a terrible universal consequence, like something that goes disastrously wrong. And so it just has a lot of potential to mess with the story. So I think that's why I like the chaotic aspect of it. <laughs> it's very fair. Yeah. Yeah, I actually still... lied. Oh, sorry. What were you saying? I was, you rolled a miss on that in the yeah. downtime, and I still haven't figured yeah. out what oh, the no. complication is. <laughs> Waiting for the shoe to drop. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't even dropped it yeah also yeah i definitely lied uh this is a victory is not my favorite uh is that all you've got the road ah, playbook move is is too. my favorite 100 percent, especially as shay um, mm -hmm. i only used it once as shay i think uh but still great loved it yeah justin you have to jog my memory if you know the name of this but there's the move that's like my version of suspicious mind but it's only when other people are talking to each other um, that one is I'm a, super uh, high on my list because I'm so curious and need to use it more, but I haven't seen I'm enough a, organic opportunities. I'm a people person? Yes, I'm a people person. Yeah. Awesome. Just waiting for a juicy moment. One of my favorite, Johnny has uh, one of my favorites, Martyr Complex. Mm. 
I like that one a lot. Unpack that. Uh, what is it? So if eight you have marked between marks. fatigue conditions and your balance principle, you get just a plus one to everything. Yeah. Yeah. Which this, I have currently. This is in, even in my final form. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rosic had that for a little bit. But I think uh, uh-huh, I yeah. dropped it when you switched playbooks. With yeah. my destiny signs, it actually works out really nicely because I have martyr complex, and so I can use it to my advantage until I'm about to like get taken out, and then I can use my destiny sign to clear all my conditions. You monster! He's <laughs> metagaming over here. This guy's too good. Yeah, the closest thing I can get to min maxing in uh, Avatar say, Legends. That had a little bit of D and D energy. It was like, <laughs> oh, that's what this game typically avoids, but it's fine. It's good to strategize. And then next a bit in uh, a game that Justin is running. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's very fun. How about you, Ro? Any favorite moves? I like, uh, I do like use the, using the blood bending to see if it actually works sometimes because it's mm-hmm. always exciting for me to see if it, it, like, if it works at all, even <laughs> during the daytime. So it, yep. I think that's pretty cool. But it, I also like her ice knuckles. Mm. Nice knuckles yeah. are fun. And I also That's like um, her ability to um, be in sync with Rue. Yep, yep, it's a classic. Yeah. That's true. There have been some good moments with that. Yeah. It's coming clutch so much mm-hmm. when you guys are traveling and you get to clear that fatigue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're all very fatigued. Let's go on a trip. (laughs) (laughs) So that we rest. Let's hop on. (laughs) Some people really do recover through vacations. Others do not. (laughs) Oh, this is a great question. Not about the game at all. Uh, This is kind of a Midwestern thing. Going for night drives. uh, My family didn't do it. um, But it's like a thing. Like you'd like. Everyone's kind of tired. The kids are kind of tired. Go for a drive. At that night. is so interesting. It sounds like a nightmare waiting to happen. Yeah. For for, yeah. for what purpose? <laughs> to kind of put everybody to sleep or like chill out or hang out or but someone's do something. That person doesn't get to chill out or hang out. But I some guess. people like to drive. <laughs> well, I think it's hang out. So it just it's maybe some it's not. Like it's, it's not uh-huh. like they're going to sleep, but maybe they're mentally they're just quiet. And then the car is mm-hmm. quiet because the rocking right. puts people to sleep. That's really interesting. So, okay, this is like maybe a different version. <laughs> Tell me if I'm on the same page or not. Hey, but like some kids relax more with a certain degree of like white noise or stimulation. And so like back in, you know, when I was young, my dad would take my brother and I and just like walk outside in the backyard at night and we'd listen to, you know, the nature sounds and stuff. And eventually we'd go to sleep. I can imagine that having some loose parallel to a night drive. Am I, yeah. am I off? <laughs> yeah, it's just that there's less going on in the Midwest, so you just you have to go further. You yeah. drive, yeah. Yeah. I, in a similar vein, I bought one of those like old school like mall rocket ships. You know what I mean? And I just put Rio in that every night, and it just <laughs> <laughs> shakes him a little bit. Rocks him. He's got to put in a couple of quarters. Forth. Yeah, I roll <laughs> quarters and buy it. Fun. Yeah, sorry, just a random. I had to. I had to know. I do. Um, <clears throat> okay. Uh, okay. So I have some 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 player specific questions here, uh, and also a Justin specific question. Let's let's hit Justin first. He's he's okay. you know, he hasn't been here as long. 
how many times were you do you think you were supposed to roll protector's burden and compared to like how many times you actually did with john um, with danny that's a good question i mean by raw it should be uh raw rules is written it should be at the beginning of every session um hmm. So, you know, a typical session is what, three to four hours, somewhere in that. So for us, that would be like every three episodes, three, four episodes, somewhere in there. But there was just sometimes it was like, um, I mean, well, I mean, last episode, like we ended with you like busting into the top of the mountain to find that the Fire Nation is like burning the lilies and burning the spirit water like i'm not going to be like at the start i'm not going to be like all right let's roll protector's burden let's do growth and advancement like in my head i'm like we need to do growth and advancement but i don't want to cut the narrative tension and so i want to just hop into that exchange when it happens yeah. and we'll probably do growth and advancement after just because narratively it would just throw off the vibe yeah yeah so i i feel like sorry it's not really meant to like put you on the seat it's more of like no, a, no it's a good question do you are you yeah, did you feel like you missed out uh, significantly, yeah. or were we like, were we like fine? You know, like we got it I, in enough. I think we got it in a decent amount. I would have liked to have got it in a little bit more. I would have loved to have seen um, Che leave more, so Danny could have uh, made use of the like finding Che wherever he is. Um, that never really came up organically because um, I think you guys in many respects uh, were reticent to like separate too much um, which mm. is you know it happens uh, you guys were like first season you guys were in a very like tenuous like travel situation so there wasn't a lot of like hey I'm gonna go off and do this thing because I really want to you're just like we gotta get to the Earth King like we don't have time for anything else that mentality came later but yeah, yeah. in general that was the the goal i would say was... we said that at least once every time we were about to do something that really derailed oh. us oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. <laughs> guys we gotta stay focused but there's also but this town needs some help yeah and it might only take four days to help them four days and ruin everything Genu, um, sorry. Gino, yeah. Uh, R.I.P. Let's not let's not bring up let's not open the wound. Okay. Uh, <laughs> speaking of of wounds, Justin, where is Rohu? Where is he? Um, where is that guy? So. <laughs> also, where is he? Where is he? He. In my head, uh, he was somewhere. And just based on the story and the narrative, um, I didn't want to introduce him where I had him, um, just because some other things were going on. So he might show up again at some point. I'll I'll say it. I had actually um, wanted him to be in the spirit library in Wanchitong Spirit Library. Oh, but I felt like introducing that at that point would have added too much. Right, like there was already so much going on um, that I I didn't really feel like adding that would have added too much to the story and probably honestly would have taken away from what was happening. Yeah, I think I think if you hadn't had the spice of Rosic just doing whatever, um, yes. there might have been an argument for like another plot thread there. But yes, yep, mm -hmm. yeah, that's what, exactly what I'm saying. Is the minute Rosic went on his own, um, we had two things that we were following, and I didn't want to introduce a third thing. Yeah. 
Very fair. Very fair. But he'll right. show up again at some point. Yeah, we'll uh, Maybe. keep the one in the back pocket. Hmm. There's also that guy we left in the desert, <laughs> and the guy that we robbed. And I'm, I'm there's just also stop, the guy you know? who has the naginata, like uh, the mobster that ran yes. put to sleep. Yeah. He still has my yep. thing, my weapon. Yeah, that's yes. the guy we robbed. Oh, that's yep. the guy we robbed. You're right. Yep, same guy. Same guy. Um, this is a, this is, okay. So we're you know mostly player questions here. Um, Johnny, uh, uh, what what the heck, man? Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. So it's it's the heck. Um, <laughs> No, okay, okay. Like, what, uh, what, what made you? Um, and obviously, the easy answer is you just like miss playing. But like, what really drew you back to Osa? Um, was it something like in playing like Shoban in that time, or was there just something that you really couldn't let go of in that character? Yeah, I mean, I felt like it's season one when when Osa died. I felt like that story was done for that moment. Um. But then playing Shoban, uh, I remember saying to Justin, like, I just didn't feel like I was connecting as much to Shoban. I didn't feel like Shoban felt as at home in the party as Osa had. Um, and thanks to Che, like, <laughs> I felt like there was just Che like, eventually warmed up. <laughs> yeah, but like, should have started just, with the dirty cop thing. I felt like there was a bunch of <laughs> reasons where it felt like. I, I, I just felt like it would have felt better to bring Osa back. And uh, so I talked to Justin about it and, and we brought Osa back. And I'm really happy that we did because I'm having a lot yeah. of fun with this. I think it's been tour. very impactful. Yeah. Yeah. The whole Destiny stuff is perfect. And I also Great. thought that Shobun's transition out was very well set up. I think you guys made that sensible and his sense of duty and desire to clean up the mess <laughs> in the Earth Kingdom. I think it's yeah. really good. Well, also to to follow that up because I do have a follow up question. What parts of Osa like informed your play of Shoban, and vice versa? When you shifted back to Osa, how did Shoban playing Shoban for that time sort of? I realized that it kind of inspired you to bring him back, but also what changed in Osa because you played Shoban? Do you think, or if anything? Yeah, I think I think playing Osa and then playing Shoban, I just I felt really motivated to make Shoban as different from osa as i was capable of making him mm -hmm. um and so uh where osa was like emotional and relatively unskilled and bombastic and but like friendly and and warm i tried to make shoban just the opposite in every way where he was at least initially like uh cold and competent and you know measured and all of these different things uh and then going back to playing osa was really more about just trying to find going back to the roots of who osa was and then saying like especially after doing the the osa's last test session that we did and kind of combining that with with who i discovered osa to be in season one and bringing those things together and then asking myself a lot of questions about what did he go through in the spirit realm? How would that have changed someone who's already seen some of the stuff that he's seen and been through some of the stuff he's been through? Um, and so Shoban didn't necessarily factor in to who Osa became in season two. Um, but Osa definitely informed who Shoban was just because I wanted to do something different from Osa. No, it's totally fair. Yeah, I was just wondering, you know, 
maybe maybe, maybe a little bit when also came back but it's cool to think about um let's do a steve question um so this is another one with a follow-up but what made you turn <laughs> to like musicals and like artistic creation as an outlet for ren excellent <laughs> Yeah, we're slowly dropping some of this in the unfolding yeah. of uh, of Ren in the context of the group. But uh, I think uh, there was just an opportunity, and I think some of it was subconscious for me as a player, um, but like it made more sense in hindsight that like here's this opportunity to be expressive for Ren that is kind of safe and controlled. Mm-hmm. Um, and a little bit indirect. And uh, the more I'm digging into Ren and Ren's past, the more I'm realizing that there was like a glaring or conspicuous lack of opportunity to do that. <laughs> to, uh, and I think I think that might be a theme across these teenagers is like, you know, not having a solid, safe home environment to be themselves um, to varying degrees. But yeah, I think for Ren, it was just like, huh, why does this connect with me? It doesn't matter. I'm going to do it. And then, <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I think I think we're starting to explore more of that where Ren's actually starting to carry that message a little bit to the group of like, maybe we don't have to be responsible. And I know this is funny coming from me because I'm always trying to like take on people's problems. But now in the effort to take on, especially my friend's problems, I'm trying to get you to take on less other people's problems so that we can just <laughs> hang out together. Um, some of that thread is connected to just like, why don't we just do fun stuff? Um, so yeah, I think that's part of it. I love that too. Cause like that came about from you all asking me, what is Iron's weakness? <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> he loves the theater. Freaking what does that go mean? Away. I don't know. I have no idea what that means. And then you kind of like ran with that and like had that saw that opportunity and you're like, how does this connect with Ren? And now it's become this like big thing for Ren of like, we don't have to save the world. And it's an interesting it's an interesting way to take the character in relation to like what's going on with Osa and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. And yeah, just as a just a quick follow up to that. Um so the story that we are unfolding it almost feels like canon that at some point ren will make a musical about it like everything that's happened to us uh not necessarily obviously that's my i mean i've dropped a title in episode that is like a work a project in the works like that yeah it's not necessarily like this is a completely our story but yeah i think i said some stuff to that effect okay so since since it's been on your mind what (laughs) are have any like specific scenes come to mind for like getting a song or are uh, <laughs> or, like any song titles for that or, or are we just uh, we're still cooking on that one it's not like super like event or moment based but kind of riffing humorously on the theme of us always showing up somewhere and then like taking on someone else's problems I think that could be a really fun uh, musical oh, yeah. piece you know 100% just like write something where like everyone's marching and then like the they're pulling the banner behind us to change from one town to another and then it's like here we are and we're only staying one night and you know, like all of a sudden some villager just like runs out and they're like here's a problem and they're like on fire and then the whole group's like we can't deal with this but Ren steps forward into the spotlight yes we can <laughs> 
I think there could be a lot of potential there for like a, a theme. There has to be another scene. musical number about Che always wanting to take over a town through violence. <laughs> <laughs> Not take over. <laughs> Liberate. <laughs> Yeah. Bring equilibrium to It's violence. a matter of perspective. <laughs> he's he's learning, maybe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> maybe. Moving on. Maybe. Thank moving you for on. that. I've got a random question. Oh, hey, me. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering what, what everyone thinks of for like a favorite Rue moment. Rue or room? Mm. Uh, yeah. Rue, sorry. Rue yeah, yeah, moment. Rue. Yeah. Uh, easily, easily the shack in the foggy swamp after it's good you, Ren and Liko uh, had did their thing. It's also one of my favorite Che and Liko moments. Mm. Immediately after that, or immediately before. Yeah, some beautiful consolation. Plus, it was like snowing inside of the room, right? Mm. Mm. It's definitely one of the top ones. I think. Mm. Yeah. I think mine is probably like the opening of season two uh, with Rue just having gotten like fat and lazy and not wanting to <laughs> do anything. <laughs> That's a good one. I think. I'm forgetting. Um, oh, yeah. Here you go. I think, in terms of something that was just to offer something different from Chase, uh, from Chase, sorry, from Nick. <laughs> um. But yes, yeah, offer something different. Uh, uh, I think it was like the the moment where like it's it's dark Liko, and she shows up in front of uh, like you guys' mom, and you see dark yeah. Rue for the first time. Mm -hmm. I thought that was like a pretty cool moment to see that those two are mm -hmm. so in sync that you know. It, it, they almost look like different people or different characters, I should say. Who's not yeah. the person, but you know, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, person in our hearts. And... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was, um, I'm picturing just kind of the epicness of Rue's head like busting through the side of the second floor of an inn. Um, who was it that was like, like Liko was in trouble and like somehow got Rue to, to do that. I don't even remember that. Maybe that happened when I wasn't. No, no, you were, it was first, it was in the first season, I think. Wasn't it, that when everybody else was off trying to help the Kyoshi warriors so that Ren wouldn't have to like go with oh, them or something? Oh, yes, that's right. I think you're right. I'm feeling, ah, uh, I forget who it was. Like we, yeah. were we got information out of him. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think he I had snuck it's... in to an to attempt an attack, yes, of some yep. kind on yep. Liko. On Liko, and it totally backfired. Oh, no. It was it was right after, wasn't it? Right after she lost her arm when she was staying in the inn. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She was like in recovery. Yeah. <laughs> like in and bed. that's why we were all trying to give space. To come in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And I think. That was also one of the first times that I was more wrestling with the scale and size of Rue. Because I was like, I know that Rue carried all of us like everywhere. But I was kind of just like hand wavy him doing that in my head. Yeah. Like, here's this like <laughs> super slender dragon figure that's, you know, just like carrying yeah. infinite weight and all this stuff. Which is fine if that's what we go with because it's flying, you know. Um, 
but that then we started kind of hashing out like how how big is her? I remember having a sidebar conversation with Ro, and then we were starting to actually commission some Rue art, which low key we have, um, and. Monroe approved the one that had Rue looking super beastly and intense as well, even though there's also that cuteness aspect. And I was like, that's, yeah. I, I just was not ready. <laughs> but it's, it scared the crap out of me thinking about that scene in light of Rue and Rue's enormous head and the, the prospect of like just being bitten in half by Rue or something like that. It's true. <laughs> it's happened. Yeah. For sure. Uh, yeah, that was a fun one. Thanks, thanks Steve. It was fun to think about. Sure. <clears throat> um, Monroe question. Uh, is there ever like an apprehension for you for like tapping into the bloodbending? Because it is, it does have this very like dark connotation. And I don't think you're necessarily one to turn away from those things. But like, is it is it always like a power trip? Like, let's see what's going on. Let's see what we can do with this. Or is it sometimes like, should I use this? Or is there any kind of feeling about that? Uh, nope. It's just the, yeah, no, yeah it's okay. the way how Lico is, is wired. I think I, I kind of poked fun of at uh, Rosic for like not being able to balance his emotions with his abilities. But I feel like Lico is, is very similar, but I think she's just better at, uh, at holding back and letting go at certain points but definitely she uses her abilities mm. that kind of match her emotions the the recent time when she used her blood bending that was definitely coming from a source of rage and anger uh so in the i think the one time before that well she tried it again before she wasn't successful but the time she was successful using it she was not in a good headspace either so i think it's definitely mm. I wouldn't say it's a power trip, but maybe it's just like an emotional, mental one. Mm-hmm. No, that's cool. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, some people write plays and some people bloodbend. Not the same thing. Yeah. You know. <laughs> to each their own. I feel like letting, she's letting go. And not in a healthy mm. way. Yeah. yeah. It would be... It'd be interesting to see now that um, like one of your prohibitions was never show emotion. And it feels like a lot of times when you were bloodbending, like that was your outlet for emotion. And now that you're like able to show that without worry of showing emotion, it'll be interesting to see like how that comes about with the bloodbending. Like how often does it show up now? Like why does Bleco bloodbend now? Um, mm-hmm. that, that, that just came yeah, to my mind right now. I didn't think mm-hmm. much of it, but I figure now it comes out now because now she knows she can do it. Whereas before she was yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question for Monroe slash actually there's like a follow-up question for everybody. But so before before the Dark Lico saga, so like before all of that happened, we had Lico was like very clearly like the leader of the group. Like everyone deferred to her as leader. Um, I think she may have even referred to herself as leader a couple of times. Um, and it felt like to me, at least after the Dark Lego saga, there was definitely a shift where I don't know if I, I would pinpoint anyone as the leader at this point. Um, but I'm wondering, does Lego still see herself as the leader even after? 
have there was a conversation back. she had with Che where she discussed how she doesn't feel like it anymore. So no, she doesn't. Mm, she doesn't feel I don't remember. Yeah, I was turning. Um, yeah. But I think Chase, according to that convo, he's very much Caesar still as a leader. Maybe not the leader of the group, but a leader. <laughs> I think like that's what I mm -hmm. was able to kind of mm -hmm. get from that. Monroe, I think uh, I think Chase the leader. Because whatever mm. Jay decides to do, we we end up following that. And um, I've taken a step back because we focused so much on Lika last season that I figured it's time to to give someone else the spotlight. So I've just been following Jay's, Jay's lead because I don't see Lika following anybody else's. Hmm. It's really funny because Jay definitely, for him, there is no dark Lika arc. There was like that time where Lika like wasn't really with us. Yeah. But for him, it was never like she wasn't like with us. She just literally physically was not next to us at the time. Mm -hmm. And so that whole it, 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 she is a leader. She was always the leader. She just left for a little bit and we were kind of figuring stuff out on our own. And like, yeah, sure. Now we don't like defer to her as often and we all kind of figure out stuff together. But in his mind, it's not he's not like he's definitely not leading uh, in his mind. But <clears throat> yeah, it's definitely true that a lot of times we kind of just end up doing what he's talking about yeah yeah i mean i think for me like i think look osa like i think he came back from the dead and things were different like everybody was kind of everybody was different things had yeah. changed and mm. like i think for him like where you said like there's for che there's no dark Lico arc i think even without knowing at initially what happened i think at this point he does but like uh osa could probably like sense all of that stuff and like in the like a spiritual sense like see <laughs> oh yeah like maybe che doesn't believe it but there was a dark leco arc um <laughs> and like you know but like i think for me both as a player and osa as a character like i think i see it kind of as like everyone at this point has been taking turns being the leader and like i think that like Liko and Rosa both tend to defer to Che more than anybody else. Mm -hmm. But like, I think that there's just as many times where it's Ren or Osa who say like, this is what we're going to go do next. And that's what we do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And like I was saying, like Che definitely doesn't see himself as a, yeah. as a leader. So like when you guys give that input, he's not like against it or un unreceiving of it. He's like, yeah. 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 No. And I'm saying like, I think, I think that Che, I guess my, my point is like, I think that like, that's me just saying, I think nobody's the leader at this point. I think yeah. everybody mm -hmm. is sometimes and nobody is other times. I have a question for Johnny though. Which is why there's also been like chaotic moments where we can't do anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, what's up, bro? So you were just talking about how Osa sort of knows about the about what happened in the past. Did anyone ever talk to him about like tell him, okay, this is what you missed? And yeah. I think we yeah. did. We like hand waved a yeah. recap of the situation. Yeah. Not necessarily so like every detail, but yeah, like I think we have had think, conversations is kind of implied yeah and my assumption is like kind of over the course of the the months since he's been back um nearly a year since he's been back uh like i, I we're not gonna role play every conversation but i'm assuming at this point he's fully caught off on everything that mm -hmm. happened while he yeah. was dead 
at least from a general sense, right? You might not know like Liko's emotional state or like, but you certainly right. know like what happened. Yeah, that she left or that, you know, yeah. she was with Nauzo or things like yeah. that. Yeah. And again, even though we didn't like RP it, I think because of who he is in those early weeks, Osa would have looked for one-on-one -on -one time with everybody. Mm -hmm. yeah. That leads me to another question though for Steve. Um, I know like okay. we had a conversation I... about it possibly on air, but I'm not quite sure. Um, you, Ren had a conversation with the, the Launcher brothers about um, how they identify. Or not really how they identify, but just what they feeling and going yeah, going being through. intersex and yeah. yeah. Did mm -hmm. that um did Ren ever have that also with like um with Lego? Because I know I don't think we recorded it. Absolutely, yeah. We didn't record it. That's true. Yeah, I have it's headcanon for me that you'd be yeah. up to speed. It, it's interesting, way, way back, uh, Monroe, you were you know, Lico is going to be the first to know. Um, when we were in a jail cell together, the two of us, and the others were trying to rescue us with the Wookiee prisoner slash go buy a cart uh, situation yeah. <laughs> uh, at the Fortress of Ash. And um, I was going to have like a nice, like, things are going badly, so I'm just going to tell you stuff before the end uh, conversation. Yeah. Uh, but Justin immediately brought in, I think it was General Xi, uh, yeah. to like mm -hmm. taunt us mm -hmm. and stuff in our cells. And so I was like, okay, like, uh, I'm just going to react to what's happening and we don't get our chat. We're just going to get rescued. Sorry. It's Sorry, all good. Buddy. No, I mean, hey, it's just, it's just plans, but it would have it worked out that okay, you would have so known first. Um, so definitely it's in my head that so like you a know follow up. How did that, can you tell us how that conversation went? Uh, awkwardly, uh, just because uh, <laughs> it, it requires some practice, you know, and um, mm. even with safe people, I like I think mm. I tried to show that in the scene where Ren's with the launchers on the raft, just like working himself up to being like, okay, first it seems like they're being vulnerable and talking about stuff, so maybe I can do that, and I'm kind of fumbling <laughs> my way into this. It's not really a plan. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, are, yeah, I was am just I answering wondering, like, because we didn't get that scene. Um, so I was just wondering yeah. if, um, if yeah. you can tell us how that went down. Yeah. I don't know that Ren has like always found easier, quick vocabulary for like his experience uh, and doesn't have a lot of other frames of reference except for Gimo. Um, but he would essentially explain the meaning of the white ribbon, the people that he's been connected to through that at various points. Um, and I, you know, depending on what you asked him, I think we would have to find out more. So like, well, was it I mean, to you? I think it would be, Ren I don't think Liko <laughs> would know what was coming. I think Ren would have to initiate some kind of conversation and then Liko would probably yeah. have, possibly have a question. But I, I feel like Liko would just be like, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Just like yeah. Che. Che immediately put Ren at ease. Che and Liko are, sometimes they're total opposites, but other times they're like, they're they're alike. It's almost scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, that's funny how that works out. Go, go. Um, uh, to, to, just to answer the previous question as well, um, I think that the leader thing, the leader dynamic, in in Ren's head, Liko is still the person who, uh, if she speaks up, mm -hmm. it probably weighs the most. 
Um, and sometimes I squeeze in a direct question to Liko to ask, what do you think we should do? And in my head, I do that even more often than, mm -hmm. than we do on screen. Um, and I think that just comes from that enduring dynamic of seeing Liko in that way from the beginning, uh, you know, projecting that collectedness, um, but also increasingly your sense of care and empathy coming through and how much you fight for your friends. So I think there's, that's just there, but I agree with Johnny that we all kind of take turns um, and that's kind of situational. And part of it's just our compulsions. Like sometimes Ren just can't get out of his own way and has to say, we have to do this thing. And other times mm -hmm. someone else has a situational thing where it's like the friends have all come around each other to support and say, oh, absolutely, we have to do this thing. It's important to you. Um, so I yeah. think we all take turns doing that. Yeah. So I did have a follow-up question to the leader question too, is oh. I'm just wondering what everybody, not, not what you as players, but your characters, what does everyone's character see as their role within the group? Like, and I can answer first, like, I think Osa sees himself simultaneously as like, not necessarily super a part of the group anymore. Like he's still mm. grappling with like feeling mm. like he is something else, just like other than what he used to be. Um, but simultaneously, um, despite what I think maybe some of his actions to the contrary have been recently, he sees himself as the group's protector. Like, I think he sees himself as the thing that stands between you guys and the things that you don't understand. Mm -hmm. Ren is the one who's trying to keep the group together, be a force of harmony, <clears throat> but also that entails trying to help each person see the best in the others. And that was hardest with Shoban, because my goodness did Che hate Shoban. So so the the wedge that y'all drove in the group, that was so hard. When Liko left, Ren was acutely yeah. feeling the pain of trying to get Liko to come back and to stay and to see her own potential for goodness. If others had for any reason turned against Liko, that would have been the worst thing ever like no gotta fight for you help everyone believe in you um so i'd say that's still continuing um but now the pressure is on osa and trying to get osa to like attach when this whole detachment thing is becoming a, a feature of his that gives it so much more beliefs. complicated for ren in particular because ren has feelings for osa so that's like it's a lot more dire yeah <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. stakes <laughs> Yeah, it hurts. It you, hurts to play. You play him very well, though. We're you balance for happy that out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Thanks. Mm. <laughs> you you really you really you know you make you sell the suffering. You know <laughs> it's that's great. <laughs> uh, I uh, am um, I'm curious, uh, like just in a general sense, like what are some of your favorite moments so far in season two? Ooh. Cactus good. juice trip. I like the Che and Liko date. The the one where they're um where everyone yeah. helped yeah. out yeah. to help Che. Oh, sweet. And um yeah. yeah, that's top yeah. three for me for sure. I, I love that that whole arc up to that like that sort of in between while we were like waiting for the uh the race. That yeah. uh it felt like a very fun Che time. It was a very fun time to play Che because there was just like mm. these things that were going on that were just entertaining and, and fun to fun to wheel and deal with. And yeah, that that date was sort of the culmination of that. It was, and then mm. <laughs> past that culmination, there was then we finally had the the uh, the conversation between the Launcher brothers, which it's kind of just a big arc for Che. Yeah, 
Mm. I'm I'm with you. The the enclave arc I think is my my favorite few episodes so far this season. Yeah. Yeah, I like the the date because um, I think that was the one time where Liko didn't have to worry about leading, fixing something that she broke, um, mm. anything you know, protecting mm. anybody or defending anybody. I think it was just like the one time where she's actually allowed to have fun. She kind of had a taste of it when um, Che took her out to go uh, taste the food that one time in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, but then festival. like that was the moment where I think like she could actually just kind of let go just for an hour or two however long that lasted and that was very mm-hmm. different to play Liko in that kind of in that moment but it felt it felt nice because it felt like a weight had just been um, yeah, it genuinely felt like really like a yeah. weirdly like relaxing also, situation to, you know unnerving because it's like, what do I say <laughs> yeah because you're like yeah you're like you're playing a teenagers on a date like their first date yeah. <laughs> and you're like uh. we got some listener feedback on how loved that scene was too yeah. I, yeah. I think that really connected in that way yeah everybody's been on an awkward date before <laughs> or just an I awkward my, time <laughs> yeah i think my favorite moment my favorite scene was ren's play like mm. For, it was just fun but like yeah. i think even from a from a character perspective i think at that point like one i i always love the moments when our group is able to even though that was in service of a big serious thing um the moments where it feels like our group can kind of let our hair down collectively and just mm-hmm. be people kids, instead yeah. of yeah just be kids um but then also like i think from osa's perspective that was a moment where it, things were not as dire as they are at this point in the season yeah. yet, but he was already thinking about the fact that like eventually he's going to leave again and uh, not be with the group anymore. And so for him, seeing Ren in particular put on this play and do this thing that was like this rousing success, it gave him kind of a sense of peace of like, okay, like they're going to be okay. Mm. Like they don't. Like, they survived without me already, but, like, now I know. Like, I know that I know that they don't need me. Mm. Breaking my heart. That's wrong. (laughs) Yeah, stop it. Stop it, Johnny. (laughs) Stop it. Well, circling back to the roles question, I feel like Che, uh, um, he he also kind of wants, or feels like he is in that protector role, but, like, in, like, a more, like, planned way, like, he is protect he's trying to protect like their future and like their goals and like getting them to the places that they need to go and in that sense so it's just like at least that's how he sees his own role mm-hmm. um so i just just to circle back to that question and kind of compare it like like at this point che is also like yeah if like your destiny is your thing then we will go and do that and like in his mind it's just like We'll go do it and then it'll be done. And then we can go do the next thing that we all want to do, you know? And it's just like, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. A, I feel like Liko is the one who's trying, her role is she's trying to get everyone to do what they first agreed to do, keep everybody on track. Like, like, he's like <laughs> going off course so many times. And she's the one who, like, I think there's one other person, I can, it might be Ren but, or Rosic, but she's always the one who mentions, like, we keep constantly 
getting distracted and we never end up, you know, not never, it feels like never, but we're not really reaching like the, the goal that we first initially agreed on. So I think she's like, I don't know what you would call that. It's definitely not like mm-hmm. protector, but it's just kind of like a, yeah, like, come on guys, <laughs> let's get Shepherd. a focus. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Oh. A guide. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because you, you brought up Rosic. I think he only brought it up when he was like really feeling bad about himself and the group. Mm. I think out of everyone, I think Osa is like, and let me show him on originally. Uh, I think, but especially this season, Osa was the one who was like, this is not important. Like, whatever. I mean, that literally, that was like a line that you had, like in that one village where mm-hmm. you were like, uh, you know, Ren had uncovered some plot with the governor or whatever, and you were just like, "This is not what we are doing." And we, we all just had to be like, "Yeah, yeah, that's, that's correct." Ah, <laughs> uh, classic. Yeah, no, <clears throat> but yeah, uh, I don't know. Any other any other questions for each other? Any any uh, thoughts you wanted to? Yeah, Justin, will we ever see oh. Boomy again? Oh, of course. <laughs> of course we're going to see Boomy again. All right, let me, let me rephrase that for Monroe. Can we see Boomy again soon? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Can he just yeah. show up? He definitely, definitely can. Uh, I wonder if uh, Boomy is fascinated with the life of a pirate. <laughs> he may find himself in Wolf Cove at some point. <laughs> He's just there. Yeah, no. <laughs> He's just doing whatever he wants. Diplomatic he mission wants. stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. Why are no, you a pirate, man? Nick. Boomy is one of the best par- characters to play, so I, I, we have to see Boomy again. <laughs> what were you going to say, Mom? How does Che feel about some other man's face on Rico's leg? Uh, <laughs> at first, at first, he was not doing hot with it. He was not. <laughs> he was like, "What happened? Why is that there?" <laughs> What, like, if, like, not, you know, we were very caught up in the events, and also that those obviously we said those episodes they're hilarious. That whole arc is just great, so it was it was easy to to not shine a light on that. Che was roiling the entire time. He was not until it was like, oh, this was just like a weird joke thing that we did, and then he was like, okay, everything's fine. <laughs> that was just some weird situation that we got into. Because in reality, I feel like that could cause a problem. For their romantic yeah, relationship. Yeah, it, it really, it's literally just that we didn't have time because we were yeah. all like, where are we? What is going on? Where's yeah. Rue? Where's yeah. our stuff? Like, like why do we have so much money? It's yeah. like, even like, I feel like all of the other guys in character were like, oh man, Che, I guess it's over for you. <laughs> yeah, and he was, dude, he was not having it. Uh, yeah, but we just didn't, we didn't get to that. It kind of just resolved itself by the, mm-hmm. before but- Che had a chance to. Ex- Spound on it. He's okay with it now. He's still not happy about it. I was about to say. But it wasn't like a like a it wasn't like a, you know, I don't know, like an infidelity thing or something. Like it was he's like he's he's recognizing that it is was just like a random we were all under the the influence of something and you simultaneously got this 
ridiculous tattoo. Oh my it's uh, it's kind of interesting though. That's a great question, Ro, because uh, your character had to deal with the semi-permanent consequence of the the trip, whereas I think the rest of us true. were able to kind of tie a bow on some things. Yeah, and I was like yeah. wondering, is there a reason for that? Because like Liko's always the one. She has like these permanent consequences. Yeah. So if if you remember, and I can't help but think like she's the only female. Like, is this like, oh, is this no. the direction we really want to go in? Like, she has like, uh, some other guy's in the leg. She didn't yeah. consent. Well, maybe at the time, but she was under the influence. That's not really cool. And then like she got yeah. her, she got her arm cut off too. Yeah. So yeah. if you remember, at least with the the cactus juice stuff, I had a list of just random stuff, oh, yeah. and I rolled. I rolled randomly, so it just randomly happened that that's, that's true. the the random thing that Lika got. It could have been anybody, um, and I think it would have also been funny if Che woke up with a random guy's face tattooed on his leg. That would have been right. hilarious as well. Um, but it's good. It's yeah. a good thing to keep in mind, at least. Yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. If I'm oh. not mistaken, in the case of the tattoo, I think somebody, maybe Danny, jokingly suggested it, and we all thought it was so hilarious that we. No, no, no. that was I, with the was tattoo Monroe. on that the was guy. Me. I said, yeah. like, oh, that suggested woke up it. with someone else's face on her. Oh, yeah. I had something. I had joke. something completely different. That was yeah. a joke, and then and, and, and then like now that I think at the time I didn't think about it either, but now that I, yeah, I'm like, oh, she's the only one who has like these like yeah, long-lasting like, permanent consequences. consequences. And I was like, what is are we getting the right message here? Jay <laughs> has a different face now. To be fair, it's it, true. Osa's covered in necrosis and a different it's body true. because he died. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Friends hey, fine. You, died, you got uh, to live. Friends fine. fine. <laughs> oh, enough, the the actual the actual thing I wrote for that was far less t- far more tame than that. It was basically like um it was just like a bruise or like a, a hurt or something. It's like oh how did that happen? Um how did I get this random uh, a cut on my leg or something? Bar fight. Um, <laughs> yeah right. Like something like that. That's what I was thinking in my head. But it could have been anything. Yeah. I was thinking yeah. maybe it could have been like Che's face, but no, you gave me like some stranger's face. <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe they, or maybe like Che's like, so face. So funny! Like, or Che's That's name hilarious. on her like, chest or something. Like, something no. that like just yeah. doesn't express Do any of you watch Impractical sure. Jokers? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. There, it feels like a like consequence a, to an impractical Yeah, there was a consequence episode. where yeah, yeah, yeah. T- on two separate occasions, Sale had to get pictures of Jaden Smith tattooed on his legs for, uh, for a consequence, for a punishment on Impractical Jokers, and it just had those vibes for Jeez. me. I'm gonna see, while you're talking, I'm gonna see if I can find what I originally wrote. We also, like, we still have a ton of money that is basically from the mob that could come back to bite us at any time. Can can she uh, get, can Liko get a tattoo lasered away? removal i'm sure that there's something similar to that actually i mean you here's the thing the way that out. tattoos actually work in real life Nico could probably bend the ink out of her leg really yeah you just yeah. gotta yeah. stab yourself a few times and then suck it through <laughs> Blood bend <What>? myself. <laughs> oh my god you wouldn't even need to do that much you should be able to like just, just kind of get it through the, the skin pores. huh let's try it yeah if Let's you flush that'd be fun through your yeah. pores 
from inside of your skin. And like she you walks in. Through, what are you doing? Probably... Don't worry about it. I'm just trying uh, to get rid of the memory of Buo Ling. Even if the tattoo is gone, Buo Ling is forever. Well, well, yeah. Depends on whether or not they find the trunk in the desert. It wasn't locked. He could leave, but like, yeah, yeah. I guess. My head cannon right. is that he just chose to stay in there and somehow he's fine. <laughs> as long as he stays in the chest, he will never die. <laughs> Schrodinger's bowling. Um, yeah, Justin, did you, uh, did yeah. you find that note? I did. I actually I changed it when we when we introduced the face tattoo. I, I changed it in my notes. Um, mm. If I remember right, it was just like three random dots in a triangle, and I had no idea what it meant. It was just like that'd be a random scar slash like right like I don't know. Is it a pen? She got is abducted it... by aliens. Yeah, maybe she got abducted by aliens. Site. Yeah. <laughs> remember those stick and poke tattoos? People are probably still doing them, but oh yeah, for sure, people still like, do them. Like, but it was like high school girls were doing them a lot. Yeah, I don't know if they still are, but when I was in high school, like a thumbtack and the end of a pen, and yeah, and yeah, yeah, just yeah, just that, you know, just like three three dots from the same thing. Yeah, it's kind of what I picture. I missed that. Let's part go of into more school. detail. Make sure all of our high school listeners know how to. You stick and poke at <laughs> Nope. Party <laughs> trick. Eh. I mean, you could just order a tattoo gun from Amazon. You don't really need to do stick and poke anymore. Just if you're listening and you're thinking about doing stick and poke, just buy sterile equipment from Amazon. <laughs> just maybe just go get a tattoo. <laughs> just will. go get a tattoo. Yeah. 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 I'm talking to our underage listeners who can't just go get a tattoo. Just wait. Buy a tattoo. Two years. <laughs> Three years. Whatever. Four years. It'll be okay. I'm still waiting. Once you start, it's hard to stop. Uh, I'll, I'll say that much. Mm. Still planning my sleeves. I've got... Uh, see how that goes. Do we have a, uh, a good last question, Nick? Or uh, should we go with the uh, random one that's generating in my head from this conversation? Uh, hit me hit me with the random question, because I was just going to call it. But it, it, yeah, go for it. Oh, Mike. Oh, sure. Muted? See if you like it I not. thought you were like struggling to find words. I was like, I what is like, happening? Uh, uh, Steve's uh, like, uh, uh, really? No, yeah, I accidentally <laughs> tapped my uh, Wave XLR. So it muted. Um, <laughs> just, yeah. Um, so see if you like it or not. The question is, by choice, uh, what would each of our characters get as a tattoo? Oh. Uh, Leek already has one on her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. Well, that's fitting. And I don't think she'd get anything <laughs> else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sufficient. Uh, che would get a sleeve dragon tattoo. Like, um, it would be like coiled all the way around his like bicep and its tail would be up by his shoulder and it would go all the way down his arm with like the mouth like opening towards like his hand and his fist <clears throat> cool oh so would just get do it on both a arms. tattoo that somehow covers the necrosis with his normal pigment color <laughs> no Osa, Osa would get like a full uh, back and chest piece with like sleeves of there's like a 
a tapestry that was in the Southern Air Temple of, of Yang Chen fighting like a polar bear sloth and it's super cool and Osa gets that whole tapestry just across his entire <laughs> chest and back and arms cool cool that's awesome yeah for Ren I'm actually having more trouble than I thought I would I feel like it's like a very uh, irksome and unnerving choice to get all of his friends faces but that's where my brain goes <laughs> <laughs> Just over his heart, just all, just all, all, all four circle. of us, just like circled in his heart. Yeah, yeah prob- probably in the middle of the circle. There's just Captain Planet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys have already have we riffed on this, but like, it was so low hanging fruit that like the five of us could put our hands in the center and say, Earth, Wind, Fire, Water, and Ren would say Heart. <laughs> <laughs> Like that is my contribution to the group is heart. It is. I'm it is. that yeah. guy. And that's and how we yeah. found the avatar. <laughs> together we would make Captain new... Planet, who is the avatar. It's a new shirt. Because you got the symbol. And then yeah. the heart. Yeah. It's Incredible. There you go. Yes. Incredible. yes, the five symbols and then the heart. Yeah. That's us. I mean, I mean, like, what good is having all those elements or having all those abilities if you don't have any type of like human humanity right that is ren's perspective thank you i mean supporting just, uh, <laughs> still ultimate power whether you have empathy or not yeah. so that's our episode folks yeah, um, yeah thanks <laughs> see you next week <laughs> i can burn down villages easily oh, all right wow. um thank you yeah thanks everyone for uh for all the for all the questions for those of you those leftover ones from the last time we did this and obviously everyone here for questions for each other. And uh, thanks for listening. It was, uh, it was fun to do this uh, and we'll be back to our normal programming next week. next week. And we'll probably do another Q&A at the end of season two, whenever that is and whatever happens. Yeah. 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 Who knows? Who knows what'll happen? Not me. No one really. Yeah. Not me either, really. <laughs> yeah. All I, right. I'm not telling. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> on that note, uh, goodbye. Goodbye. See you, everybody. Bye. The Flying Bison Podcast is an independent podcast. If you feel like directly supporting the show, please check out our Patreon. While the Flying Bison Podcast seeks to emulate the tone of Avatar The Last Airbender, this is an improv tabletop role playing game, and the actors may briefly depict scenes with more mature story elements. Avatar Legends is developed and produced by Magpie Games. The worlds of Avatar The Last Airbender and Avatar The Legend of Korra are property of Viacom CBS. Intro music is Dizu by Sendai, and outro music is Tokyo Funk by LATG Music. Logo and art by Kate and Matthew Menke. You can find more of their work at pomican.com. Link in the show notes. <laughs>